0: In a world filled with questions, there's one role that often leaves us searching for the right words, parenting.
1: Introducing What to Say When, a podcast that equips parents with tools to navigate the beautiful and challenging journey of raising children.
2: Together, we'll explore a wide range of topics from handling tough conversations, to nurturing resilience, to helping you become a confident and compassionate parent.
0: What to Say When. Because the right words can make all the difference.
2: Welcome to the What to Say When podcast. I'm joined as always by Chase Baker and Jen Akers, and we're thrilled to be sitting here today to have another conversation about what we're supposed to say whenever our kids ask a really tough question or the world presents a really tough problem or just in general, we're figuring out how to pass faith. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you guys we're, doing good? Yeah, we're good. We're gonna get into all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of stuff, yes. but before we get into all the, the nitty gritty things, we're just gonna start out with something fun. Is that okay? okay? Like yep. the hot take yep, we, we did. did before. Okay, we did a hot take. I actually really <laughs> liked it. I kinda take. wanna know something. Now someone. I'm noticing them come. all
2: over the place. I know. Hot takes everywhere now. They're everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's ones that you like really agree with and feel passionate about. Okay. <laughs> I have a new one for today, though. This one is a fun one because I think kids can use this. Families can use this. Parents can use this. What is your okay. favorite family game? It doesn't necessarily okay. have to be a board game or a card game. It could be like a game you play on a road trip or something like that. But what's your favorite family game that everyone is like, I'm in. I'll do this. I'll play this tonight.
2: Okay. Now, this is this is not going to be applicable to everyone. My kids are mm-hmm. 16, 15, and 10. See,
1: that's great. Yeah. And but, the 10-year-old,
2: yep. is it's a little it's a little difficult, and we have to provide some maybe assistance along the way, but there's a game called Anomia. Have you guys played that?
0: Anomia.
2: Anomia. Oh, how okay. do you
1: spell it? Is that
2: A-N-O-M-I-A, Anomia. Okay, so technically the actual word Anomia means something's on the tip of my tongue but I just can't spit it out. <gasps> That's an Anomia. I have that happen all the oh, time. Oh, it happens all the time and you know it. So there's, it's a card game where everybody has one in front of them and there's also a symbol and whenever your symbol matches my symbol, we have to be the first one to spit out whatever is on the prompt of okay, the other person's okay. card. Yeah. It is the most fun game. Now, obviously, if it's like, oh, yeah, 1980s love song, our, our kids aren't going to know that. So we provide some assistance along the way. But you're constantly – it basically just became a yelling game to see who can say the thing first. <laughs> and you collect the cards every time you battle it out. And at the end, you see who has the most cards. And it's a ton of fun.
1: Oh, that's okay. so fun. It's a that good one. There's different
0: different packs of it, too, Anomia. that you can buy. Okay.
2: Anomia.
1: Okay, what's your favorite? So our, our favorite
0: right now currently is Monopoly. I'm kidding. I'm just totally kidding. Okay, like, 16 We're hours later, that game is so long. No hold way.
1: on, you pause yours then, because I was going to say Monopoly. No way. I am actually serious. Okay, Oliver, our three-year-old, doesn't play Monopoly yet. We put him to bed, oh. and then we play Jeez. with the eight-year-old and the 11-year-old, and we actually just played a couple nights ago, and we played for four hours. No.
0: No. are you playing, like, the, original Monopoly, the or, like,
1: original Monopoly, or, like, a special the version? The board is in three pieces, and we just put it together and make it work, and then at the end of the night we never finish because that game takes like it's
0: forever forever it's like we days. put
1: everything in a ziploc bag everyone's own little pieces and their money and everything so they that it have. goes
2: on the next day yes You're going to be playing this game when they're graduating high
0: school. Yes. The
2: same game.
1: So you can make fun of Monopoly. Our family loves it. What's your game? Okay.
0: Our game is called Sleeping Queens. (gasps) Okay. Sleeping Queens. We love that game. You know know what it is? Oh, yes. Uh,
2: So Lisa Simmons, uh, Jeff Simmons, wife, she introduced it to us when our girls were little. Loved Sleeping Queens. What is it? Such a fun card game. So
0: Sleeping Queens is, see if I remember, you get... I hope you remember there's like, I remember, there's like a game? dog queen and a cat queen and a <laughs> like it's really a hard to, because queen. there's action cards that you're the goal is to get as many um queens that are folded face down on the table they're they're, they're sleeping because they're face down and your goal is to wake them up and you okay. have these action cards if you get five of those then you win the game so it's it's okay. really fun the kit Loves the game. She'll play it over and over and over and over again. So, would Oliver it's love fun. it?
1: Is it like that, young? Yeah, yeah. I think he would. Yeah, all at right. three
0: and four years old. You can get sleeping yeah. queens.
1: Okay.
2: A- especially if you do, like team up or help. It's yeah, it's a fun game. He can learn cards. Yeah. Yay, also, guess who's another good one? Guess oh, who. That's fun our kids, And there's yeah. a ton yeah. of but versions that's like of that. Two people
1: play that. Yeah, right? yeah. Our kids play. Our girls will play that with each other all the time. So,
2: well, as always, we have a topic that's plucked from how we understand God's work in the world. Um, and today it's the idea of what to say. Um, about Scripture, like how do you teach your kids Scripture, how do you help them understand the framework that the gospel provides for us when you yourself are still a work in progress and you are still learning. Um, and so that's what we're going to dive into today. Um, recent Barna research, I'm going to get this right, um, collected in 2021, says that 73% of U.S. parents are concerned about the spiritual development of their children. Um, so all parents, which is a good thing. Like, I feel I find this to be really encouraging, really comforting that 75% of us out there in the world are concerned with the spiritual development of our kids. Um, I think that matters. But then if you go to, like, cultural research for Christian parents, um, nine out of 10 of us Embrace, this is scary, a muddled worldview that mixes with a variety of alternative life philosophies, which have very little to do with biblical truth. Mm. Um, And so, what we want to say is that we do understand that parents feel the primary responsibility to shape the worldview of their kids and to provide them, if they're Christian parents, with a biblical worldview. um, And yet, the bulk feel or actually are. Kind of ill-equipped to do it. Yeah, and so what do we say? We're people in process. Paul said the same thing too. Philippians three: Not that I've already obtained this, but I press on to the goal. Like we know that we are works in progress. So how do we help our children at the same time develop a biblical worldview and a
0: biblical understanding? Yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. yeah, there we That's go. That's good. good. I will add to that. You know, I was doing some research as well. Is it? Uh, I was. I was thinking more about um about the older older they get. So if we're setting patterns, and yeah. this is where it could end up. What are some patterns, and what what is stats right now? Fifty nine percent of teenagers have a Christian Bible in their home, and eighty eight percent of those in a language and version they can understand. Forty one percent never use a Bible. Okay, Mm -hmm. Barna uh, research reported in a study of thirteen to seventeen year olds about twenty percent of teenagers read the Bible at least uh, at least weekly. And regardless of their faith affiliation and among teenagers who've made a personal commitment to follow Jesus, 23 percent read their Bible daily and most of them reading their Bible, at least weekly, nearly a third, 30 percent qualify as reading uh, as Bible engaged. Defined as those who hold a high view of Scripture and read the Bible several times a week, week. Mm. higher rates of Bible engaged engagement equate to higher apl- application of Jesus' teaching. I think that's really, really yeah. um, important. And a higher um, incidence of perceived encounters with God's love. Among those who read the Bible, 39% say it motivates them and 38% say it makes them feel loved.
1: Mm.
2: Okay, so this one even opposed to other topics that we've had, has an opportunity to be prescriptive. So as we're talking today, let's not forget that. Like We can actually give some tangible touch points like what Bible to choose, how do you dive into yep. a daily reading plan for yourself, and then also how do you encourage that in your children at different ages and stages. Mm-hmm. So in the back of our minds, let's kind of keep yep. that together. Like What are we using with our own kids or what have we seen be really successful as we've all been engaged in the life of family ministry for... Bible reading, Bible reading plans, devotional topics that kids can cover, and maybe even as a family together. Yeah, so yeah that's So that be a good one. It is kind of a... Um, it is a moment to acknowledge even our own challenges in that. Yes. Like our own challenges and the hurdles that we faced with biblical literacy um, and what that means for us to be a people who are yet committed to open up the Word of God and see it as an applicable relational tool in our lives with Him.
0: So maybe we can acknowledge that right now is it, what are some fears do you think parents are thinking right now when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to making sure their kids yeah. mm-hmm. know and understand this, what could be complex um, Bible that's put together, you know, over 1500 years mm-hmm. in three different languages on three different con- all those things. I mean, the, the, the magnitude of God's word, what are some fears that you think that parents have?
1: Mm-hmm. I think worry about where you're at in your own journey trickles down to where your kids are at in their journey. It's kind of the example of my room is messy and yet I'm telling my kids to clean their Mm. room. So if I'm not doing, if I'm not spending time in God's word every day, why am I telling my kids to do it and figuring out, figuring out how to address where you're at in your journey and take the next step and then lead your kids to that, that next step as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think just acknowledging, I would say most of the conversations that I've had, with moms and dads, who in a lot of ways, I think what we see over the course of Christian parenting is that uh, parents outsource a lot of things, like yeah. we, we outsource math and science to the school system, we outsource basketball and cheerleading to the recreational system, and we outsource the spiritual development our kids to the church. Um, and I think a lot of reasons is because I'm not an expert in that. Like I've got to find somebody who is better than that to teach my kid what these things are. And so I think some of the apprehension is just like, well, what kinds of questions are they going to have? And yeah. knowing how important this is, like like a relationship with Almighty God and an understanding of the gospel and letting that be woven through every aspect of your lives, knowing how hard that is for me as an adult with everything that the world throws at you. I have this apprehension of failing. Like I don't want to do it wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: so I think a lot of parents are probably in that same boat.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good. Going back to the clean your room thing, I was just thinking it's also <laughs> it's hard to say. We can say clean your room, and they know what that means. But when you send your kid to their room or whatever, and say read your Bible, oh yeah, that is a lot harder to describe. And that's where it does. Yeah. We don't. We do need to get to what parts. What would be helpful? How do yeah. we develop a reading plan for our kids? How do we uh, supply them with a devotional or, or something that makes sense to walk them through that. And then that becomes a fear for a parent of how do I equip them?
0: It's also one of those uh, things in the life of a family unit that is not required mm-hmm. of them. So the, a lot of things that are required, the right. athletics, the mm-hmm. practices, the the school mm-hmm. homework. you got to read this extra. book. It's an extra. Mm-hmm. And so, it shouldn't be, but it, it feels right. like an extra. And so it's easy. I think it's a, a, one of those... Uh, probably not a right. It's not a fear, but maybe a, 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 a roadblock for parents is um, making time. Yeah. Is it? Is, do we have time for it? Yeah. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Yeah. So I, I think as we acknowledge this, we we acknowledge it. It's it is difficult. Mm-hmm. It is difficult, and we and in making it a priority is going to take some work. It's going to take. We use the word all the time. Intentional. It's going to take intentionality in order to take the next steps, uh, helping our kids understand this such a massive thing that we have. But a good thing that we have uh, something written by our God to us that is used to live this life, yet it's rarely used mm-hmm. to live this life. And
1: think- maybe getting into practical things just with that, you said you mentioned sport. You both mentioned sports and homework yeah. and things like that are we putting it in our calendar? Like, yeah. why don't we have a calendar invite to ourselves that says 30 minutes with my kid or 20 minutes with my kid to read a Bible story with them? Like, how are we actually getting that into our daily yeah. them like we schedule everything else? To make else. it
2: part of the routine. And part of it is, I think, even acknowledging every one of us is on a journey. We're on a different place in yeah, different yeah. journeys. Mm-hmm. Like, we're on different parts in our careers. We're on different parts in our own journey journey towards health or personal wholeness. Like, there's a spot for each of us. I think with our kids, we look at it and we're like, well, when they're little, they are, um, you know, milk. And then it's baby food. And then it's some table food that you're not gonna choke on. And then all of a sudden, it's like full on everything else that the world has. And I think there's stages in that kind of development for kids too that we ought to understand biblical truth. Um, And so that's a a way to help frame like... And that's why there's so many resources out there. We'll pop some in show notes just to say, hey, this is some place to go when you've got a preschooler at home that you want to fall in love with scripture and God's story and this is what to talk about when you've got an elementary school like passages books resources ideas to kind of be on that journey with them at whatever age and stage they are because I think that makes a difference.
1: Yeah. So. I think moving into what those resources resources are and the support yeah. that we can get, you know, you mentioned outsourcing their yeah. growth to the church. Well, I think an encouragement for our parents is that within those family ministry settings, whether it be at Rolling Hills or any other church, if you when you drop your kid off, when you pick them up, you're probably going to get some sort of handout. You're going to get some sort of email from your family yep. ministry. There is something to help you walk through that week with whatever your kiddos just learned on Sunday. Yep. So basic level is taking that and piggybacking on that throughout your week That's and right. saying, what did you just learn today? Tell me about it. What scripture do we talk about? And then draw that scripture up on your dry erase calendar board yep. or your chalkboard wall whatever it is. I mean and that's just basic, but as a parent you're getting flooded with emails from schools, from extracurriculars, mm-hmm. from your own workplace, from family things going on. You're going to get emails from your church too. Are we are we opening those? Up? Are we are we opening those up? Are we engaging with those? Are we figuring out what my kid is learning yep. at Sunday school Absolutely. at church and then walking that walking through that with them.
0: Absolutely. And if we're going to just, hey, here's some practical things. I think that was a good one. Every Sunday we have these things that we give to parents. But another one is we have a family ministry resource page. And we, yeah. the reason why we created the resource page is so you don't have to go search google or you don't have to go um, ask somebody hey what's the best bible for my kid what's the best reading plan what's the best resource for me as a parent they're going through this we've actually created a resource page at rollinghills.church and I think it's backslash parents. But we've created a resource page where you can get all those questions and all, all those questions answered. So if you want to age appropriate Bible for your kiddo, go to this resource page and it'll give you age and stage of life where they are and what Bible is best for them. I think that we did it intentionally because we know that we can't. Um, We Obviously, we can't um, talk to every parent out there, but we have this place, this landing place where you can go to. um, uh, We have to start, I think, when we talk practical, we have to start with age-appropriate materials and stories. So we provided that um, for parents. We also have to create a consistent interactive learning environment. Here's what I, I would say about that. Set aside regular time for Bible study or devotionals with your children. Whether that's In a... rhythm. A, yes. Yeah. A good time for that is nighttime. The The bedtime experience is exhausting. We talk about that over and over again after a long day, mm-hmm. is this, our kids are good at prolonging the bedtime experience, but we have an opportunity there where we have a captive audience to read a Bible story, to talk about um, what God is doing, and, and to, to, to kind of debrief um, parts of the Bible. And also, I would say a part of that... Uh, you, you guys can add other things, but whenever I think about a, create a consistent interactive learning environment, do not remove them from places that provide that for them as well. Yeah, Here's what I mean by that. Sunday morning, being a part of a small group, um, you're, whether you're high school or middle school or elementary or preschooler, make sure they're in learning environments because we can unintentionally do this. We can unintentionally remove them from places and from opportunities where they can learn more about who God is and what God wants for their lives.
2: And part of that is just understanding our own rhythms because um, there is never a day that I, you know, obviously fasting is a spiritual practice, but I don't often skip lunch. But Thanksgiving only comes once a year. <laughs> and so there are things for our kids that ought to be on a regular daily rhythm, on a weekly rhythm on an annual rhythm, like something that's just a part of my life. Like Christmas, it comes once a year. Like we're not doing that for... Our birthdays, they come once a year, but yet there are some things. So we gotta have some spiritual markers. And one of those, I was thinking about just the camp and all the things that are going yeah. on that summer. Like there's these moments where every single Sunday is kind of a rhythm for our family to be in small group, for the kids to be in their ministry areas. But then annually, there's these big moments, these highlights of the year. Um, we were all able to get to go to middle school and high school camp this year. Such a phenomenal experience. And one of the stories I told, and it's such an applicable illustration for parents, too, because there was a kid years and years and years ago. He's an adult now, like a full-blown adult. Um, we took him to kids camp, and his mom posts a picture when he comes home, you know, four days later. And his body wash and his shampoo are completely mm-hmm. unopened and not an ounce had been used. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about that <laughs> over and over again. It's like, yeah, body wash is great. But only if you open it up and use it. And how many homes, like we're all covered up with biblical resources, and we've all got access at our fingertips to all kinds, but they're only good if you open them and use them. Like it only matters that you daily use it. Like the Bible, and this is the scripture that we've been given, it's not just a book we read, it's not Harry Potter, it's not Chronicles of Narnia, it's it's a tool to be used in yeah. our lives. Mm. Um, and so helping kids understand that there's a movement beyond story that I read, David and Goliath, um, Gideon and the Midianites. Like there's a it, there's a movement beyond the story to the actual relationship that the, the letters that Paul wrote, the the idea that God has a plan for me. And so I remember when our kids were little and we read the Jesus Storybook Bible. There's a great gospel thread that runs all the way from Genesis to the end Absolutely, of that book. Yeah. and sometimes as a parent, like you can read a passage, you can read a story, and not realize. This is couched in a greater narrative of what God's redeeming work is in the world. Um, And kids can grasp that at a young age. That's why Jesus' Storybook Bible for Little Kids exists, that there's a gospel narrative that runs through all of it. Um, Sharon Hottie Miller says that a lot of us were handed really good things in handles that break. That's like my new favorite quote, and I'm, I'm continuing to flesh it out in my own life. Like we were handed this incredible word of God in the handles of legalism. If we're not couching every single story, whether it's, David or Jonathan and his dad Saul, like yeah. any of these stories that we're given, if we're not couching them in a picture of grace, then what we're doing is giving our kids a whole lot of biblical knowledge, but not helping them learn how to apply it to their lives. Yes. And yeah. so that makes a difference. Like how is, like what does this passage say about God? What does it say about me? And what does God want me to
0: do with it? I love that. I think our kids can answer tough questions yeah, yeah. when we pose them. Yeah, we have these uh, we use practical tools, mm-hmm. whether that's a Bible or it's a Bible study resource or whether that's being a part of a small group. But then there is the, the other things that happen outside of it. So the, one of the things I uh, had written down was encourage personal reflection and application, mm-hmm. meaning everyday life. Like, how often are we sitting or driving on the road with our kids and we're, we're going back to something that they've learned or we're, we're, um, we're asking them, well, what is, how, does, how does God feel about that? And what, what do you think the Bible says about that? You know, just continue to ask the question, open up the dialogue. How many times do we really bring in back to the Bible and say, this is a real life situation that's happening. How can we bring... God's Word into it by just having a a time of reflection and application there just to kind of talk through what it is that God might be trying to tell us through His Word in this situation.
2: And what that might do is it might give you as a parent the opportunity, in fact, what I think it does do is it gives us an opportunity to remind our kids, hey, I'm still learning too. Uh, I need to go back to God's Word and figure out what it says. I don't have all the answers. Let's go back together to not have all yep. the answers. Let's find out together yeah. what the answer to that what God might want us to learn from that. Yeah.
1: That's I think God's word is a time where we I, you hear the phrase don't be a broken record, like don't say the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. I think this is one one moment where that's not true. Oh, yeah. Where On you could repeat. use the same Bible verse or the same couple of scriptures with your kids for year after year and because God's word is living and active and because it shapes us at different stages in our life, it's gonna it's gonna resonate them with them differently at twelve than it did mm-hmm. when you taught it to them yeah. at three. And so just to continue to dial in with those those exactly what you were saying, those real life moments, what's God word it's God's word have to say about it over and over and yeah, over yeah. again.
2: Well there are those moments I think where you as an adult, you go back to a story that you learned as a kid oh, yeah. and you realize, oh, there's a whole lot more yes. truth here than I thought. Yes. Because I'm approaching it now as a 40 yeah. year old as opposed to a four year old. And our kids need to see us do that too, like they need to see us consult the same stories, the same passages, the same memory verses yeah. for, for new understandings that God's taken us deeper into it as well. I love that. Our kids when they were little, and you guys probably have this, they always wanted to know favorite. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite color? What's yeah. your favorite food? What's your, who's your favorite player? What's your favorite team? Like our kids are still even yeah. as older like into the what's your favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love like that favorite Bible story that you had when you were little. How does it speak to you now? Yeah, Or that favorite passage that kind of carried you through a difficult time, even being able to communicate those to your kid. Like, tell your kid what your favorite Bible verse is. Um, ask them what theirs is.
1: I, th- I love that, actually. I was just thinking, fa- you know, favorite Bible verse when we do um, family dedications. You know, we want to yes. ask the family, what is, oh, yeah. what is, what is the life verse life for your verse. child? What is the verse that you want to speak over your yeah. child? That's something we do in our family as well. All three of our kids have a life verse, and we say it to them all the Mm -hmm. time and they hear it all the time and they know what it is. And it's something that we can go back to and point out pieces in that scripture that are applicable to whatever they're going through or are just reminding that God is with them and God is present and God is taking care of them. And I love that. I love what is your favorite, you know, what's your favorite Bible verse? What's your favorite Bible story? We were at a community group a few weeks ago. It was probably a couple months ago now. And one of the kiddos that's in our group is three yeah almost 3 about to be 3 and the parents were wondering this is like back to the resource page they were wondering what bible do we get for our kiddo like mm-hmm. she's little yep. she's going to start you know we want maybe some illustrations and pictures and my kids were there at the time and I said girls go get some of our favorite bible stories it was so sweet they grabbed all of them and brought them down there downstairs there were more than i realized that we even had but it was so beautiful to look at the worn edges on some of them and Mm. all, and think back the rhyme Bible that we read when they were like three, Jesus storybook (laughs) Bible that we are, we're doing with Oliver a lot now. And then look at the ones that have aged up and see the things that now Annalise is reading and that she's 11, almost 12, what she's going through, what, what Ivy Rose is connecting with now. And to look at that and just see what has God taught? our kids throughout His Word, but through Bibles, through devotions, through journals. I love those resources, and I love coming back to them.
2: And that becomes part of their biblical worldview, because yeah. I think that's what, yep. if we go back to the fears that parents have, what we have this this recognition is, if I don't raise my kids with a biblical worldview, I know how deep and dark and difficult the world is. One day, there's gonna be a problem that's presented where they don't have in their pocket or in their toolkit a timeless truth of God to be able to handle it. And it may be when they're off in college and there's a roommate situation or a boyfriend situation or a even a really challenging like professor situation. What if they don't have that moment of... Moses being put in the basket to to kind of pull out the truth that they need? Or what if they don't have the Psalm 23 that they're going to gravitate to? Or what if they don't have um, feeding the 5,000 or Jesus calling the disciples? Like they need those stories in their pocket to pull out as needed throughout their lifetimes. I need those stories. You guys, we need those moments to hang our hats on.
0: And if they do it sooner, then you can help them process through those stories because, because they're in discovery mode. And so as they read certain mm-hmm. parts of scripture, they might not agree with certain parts of... Or understand. Or, like, underst- why, why in the world? or understand it. And, and the last thing we need to do is shut it down. Shut them down. because Because if we do that, then the next time they're not going to come with those mm-hmm. questions or those those concerns about hey the bible says this but i don't know if i really understand it or even believe it right now. And so that's a great opportunity for you to say let's just discover this together. You know, let's just let's just lean in a little bit. What is it that God's trying to tell us here? What does he want for his people? Who does it say about his character and about who he is and about what he wants us to for for this life that we're living? So all that to say, explore with them um, now so that they're not exploring by themselves later. And they're coming up with their own, um, we use the word framework, framework behind how they interpret the Bible or how they interpret life or whatever it is. What's one thing just that we've talked about
2: today, or even something that we didn't get to mention in terms of scripture, what's kind of one thing that you would want somebody to remember as a mom or dad who's trying to navigate passing faith onto their kids?
0: To remember? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, Part of it is I I want them to remember that, how do I say this right, that it's not all on them meaning this that 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 god is going to equip them Mm -hmm. to do what god's going to do all they have to do is be obedient right they don't have to have all the answers Mm -mm. they don't have to you know 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 all the right bible verses they don't have to know um, the old testament versus the new testament the themes throughout the bible they just have to be intentional with it and and know that god has equipped equipped chose them To be the spiritual leaders of their home, and because he chose them, he's going to equip them like nobody else to be this to to lead their kids. Just remember that. Yeah, it's okay. I love that.
2: Yeah. Well, and to know, and I would just piggyback that up to say, like, you will always this side of heaven be in process, and so will your kids. So give them permission to be in process on the journey. Give yourself permission to be in process on the journey, and to just keep coming back keep coming back to these timeless biblical truths, because like you said, God will equip you in the moment with what you need.
1: Yeah. 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 I think mine is just remember that ev- you can start over each day. So if you, go a, week, you yeah, go a week, every you go a week and you don't do that bedtime Bible story, you don't true. do that Devo, good, it's been good crazy, word. Good work. you have another day, yep. God's given us another day to start over again and just give your kids that opportunity yep. each day yeah. whenever you can.
2: And right from the beginning, when God gave um, the people of Israel coming out of slavery this picture of what it meant to pass faith, talk about it when you walk along the road, Mm -hmm. when you lie down at night, when you wake up in the morning, when you sit around the table, like this recipe for passing faith, it was to the whole community. Um, And so even what we were saying before, come back to the rhythms, but also come back to the assemblies, like we're part of a community for a reason. Um, And I'm glad that you guys are part of my community and that we have this greater church body, that I'm not just responsible for raising my kids, um, we're responsible to each other's kids. And we also have that help along the way. So maybe as we close this one out and remind parents to, hey, stay committed and to keep waking up every day with these new opportunities, um, to know that you also have a community to lean on and resources as a part of that community that are provided. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day, um, the chance to be in this place and to to sit and wrestle with what it means to be somebody that's committed to your word in our own lives, um, but then also taking on a discipleship responsibility in the life of someone else, and not just any someone else, but the beautiful children that you've entrusted to us. Um, help us to remember every day that your mercies are new. Like Jennifer said, that every day is a new opportunity to seek your face. Um, and God, we know that when we seek you, you want to be found and you will be found. And we point our kids to that uh, through demonstration and observation, and even through what it means to call them to it. God, we know that you're doing a work. Um, you created these kids, you entrusted them to us, but ultimately they're yours, God. Um, and so we know that you desire nothing else than for them to have a life-saving relationship with you, but then also a daily life-giving relationship with you. And we thank you for that. We know that it's because of Jesus and it's in his name that we pray. For all the parents who are listening and asking tough questions and encountering difficult situations every day, we pray that you would give them power. It's in your name we pray, amen. As always, thanks for listening. And we hope that you'll come back and continue to be at this uh, table with us as we figure out what we're supposed to say as moms and dads when we're supposed to say it. What to say when is part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast. Be sure to subscribe now as we take off on this incredible parenting journey together.